Hey guys, welcome back to another topic, another video, another discussion. This one is about understanding and remembering what you're going for. This actually came out of a coaching call that I did with a person who's just in the beginning stages of this and trying to figure out how to approach their uh, upcoming legal battle. And this is this is advice that I give a lot, and I did think it would be a good idea to make another video about this because it's an important one to remember. And I know that not everybody is going uh, is in the early stages of this, but I still think this can be in, uh, important because a lot of the concepts that I'm going to cover on this are also really important just in dealing with a toxic ex going forward. So the first thing is, is it to, to, to set the foundation to set, you know, kind of like the basic ground rules is you, you have to remember what the narcissist, what your toxic ex, and I'm going to say narcissist just because that's kind of the term that most people gravitate towards, but what's your toxic high conflict ex, who they are and what they're going to do. And, and the main thing is, is people like this, typically living in drama and chaos. They don't necessarily want to really look at the issues and try to make meaningful change or to compromise. They want chaos. They want, they want you to be the aggressor, them to be the victim. And they're going to couch or they're going to basically approach everything that's, that's going to come forward in that mode. And it's, it's crucially important to remember that so you can kind of keep it in perspective. And I, and I say this coming from somebody who didn't understand what they were dealing with in the early parts of this, was still kind of stuck between the illusion and reality. And as a result of that, I personally had a really hard time grappling with that reality, grappling with what I was really dealing with, the personality that I was really dealing with and how that was going to manifest itself in a very high conflict divorce. Look at your situation and really have an objective view on what you're, you're dealing with. And if you have people, friends who know both of you, and if they're giving you information about it being complicated, you need to listen to that. I know we don't want to. We want the situation to be different. We don't want it to be as, as out of control. But it, So that's the first thing. The second part of this, and you need, to do this, you need to do this early on. You need to take out a piece of paper. You need to grab your pen. And you need to write down specifically what is important to you in this impending litigation, this, this situation. And this can be custody issues, money, retirements, assets, uh, and then other things like vacation time, religious expectations, all the things that you ultimately are going to be a part of this court order that are really important. 
and and like I said, write it down and keep it close. And you don't necessarily need to share it with your ex, but you need to be able to review it. And it's important to write it down so that you can review it and keep yourself focused on what is really important, what you were, what you were originally going for. The reason this is important is, is as this progresses and if it is high conflict and if it's nasty, that list is going to creep. You're going to want more. You're going to want, you know, maybe at the beginning stages of this, you, I was, when I was talking to this person, I was using a pie analogy. Let's say you have a pie and you're like, okay, legally you're entitled to 50% of that pie, but maybe you really only want a quarter. There's a, there's a sliver of it that's really important to you. And the rest of it in the grand scheme of things, you could really care less about. It's important to know what you're quote unquote entitled to and what you could potentially ask for. And, you know, and maybe there's a situation to where, you know, uh, you would have a valid argument to ask for three quarters of that pie. But write down what's really important. Because as it, like I was saying, as it progresses and if it gets nasty, you, you oftentimes will say, well, wait a minute, you know, I wasn't asking for this, but now I want it. Now I want every little thing I can get. Now I want to basically punish the person because they're making this uh, basically a living hell. I personally wish that I would have done this, that I would have wrote down what I really wanted. Because as it progressed and got really ugly, I wanted more and more. You know, every, every time there was a counter argument, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there's a consequence. So now I want an offset or I want, you know, this thing or that thing or, or more, well, not that I ever asked for more time, but It's important that you do this so that as you're looking at it, you can go back to that list, you can pull it out, and you can say, oh, okay. Like, like for instance, I wanted 50-50 custody, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to pay the least amount of money that I possibly could, right? That was my goal. But as it progressed, that wasn't enough and ultimately what happened in my situation is when I effectively got everything that was on that initial list, I didn't feel good about it because of the sh- storm that I had already gone through. It didn't feel like a victory. I think if I could have reminded myself of what I was really, really looking for, that it would have helped. And it would help keep me calm and kept me on track. You need to expect their reactions, their negative reactions, and their provocations. Uh, bottom line is what I'm saying is, is don't allow the crap that they're doing to dissuade you from what your ultimate goal really is. And I think, I think this is really, really tough because... most of the time you're grappling with all of the realities and the epiphanies that you're dealing with. 
even if we know that that things aren't the way you know how we we think they are it still is really difficult to have that reality you know slapped up by your you know in your face and you're being basically confronted with the reality that what you thought was real wasn't it was a facade and that the in a lot of ways the relationship was incredibly fake whereas you might have been approaching this with an emotional connection and really invested in the relationship as you as you going through this you realize that they weren't on the same page you thought they were you wanted them to be but they weren't really that way it's it's really it's it's interesting how these same concepts keep coming up and how we all basically struggle with with very similar questions and uh you know approaches to all of this and i and i hope that by starting it out with a good foundation you can really minimize the effects of 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 the, of the reactions and the provocations that your ex is going to do in other words what i'm saying is if you understand who they are and you understand where they're coming from then you can focus more on instead of trying to figure them out instead of trying to understand where they're coming from you can focus more on the ultimate goals on what you're trying to accomplish the other thing i want to just mention on this especially since we're talking about the early parts of this is that a person that is in this mode is is self-centered narcissistic lives in that drama lives in that cone of chaos as soon as they realize that you're no longer going to play the game with them and this is this is i've seen this a lot as soon as they realize that you are no longer going to provide them the attention, the narcissistic supply that you once did, that you may have done for decades, in an instant everything can change. As soon as they realize that you are no longer playing their game, you can expect that they will drop the facade of at least trying to be manipulative or trying to play the game. And they'll create distance and they'll create more drama. Now, keep in mind, primarily, this is first part about this is they realize that the, that the, you know, that they're, they've been exposed, that you know who they are. The second part about that is they don't want to confront any of those issues. So, engaging with you when they realize that you now see behind the mask is not something that they're going to really want to do. And then thirdly, what happens oftentimes, and this can be the most troubling on it, is they then try to tear you down because they're afraid that you will expose them to other people. So that's typically when the smear campaigns and the character assassinations and some false allegations and things being taken out of context will come up. Again, when all this stuff happens, pull out your list. 
pull out the list and look at what you really were looking for, what you were hoping to happen. The other part about that list is you need to validate that it's realistic. For instance, my list, like I mentioned before, was that I want a 50-50 custody, joint legal, joint uh, physical, and, you know, and the numbers to be what they were. Let's say that I wanted primary custody, sole legal custody. Uh, I wanted her to pay me money, even though she never worked, you know, whatever. Lay out this, you know, I didn't want to pay her anything. I wanted no money, you know, yada, yada. I mean, whatever, whatever. What I'm saying is, is a scenario that is absolutely unrealistic. If that's on your list, and that's the other good reason to have it on the list, is so whenever you do hopefully talk to an attorney or you talk to, you know, a trusted agent, so to speak, somebody who can really give you decent advice on this, you can look at it and make sure and validate that, that what you're seeking is realistic. For instance, I see this a lot with people who are stay-at-home parents and they're like, well, I want, you know, I want full custody. Well, you know, in a lot of places now, that's not as realistic as it once was. You know, 10 or 15 years ago, you could push that and, you know, it'd be the standard deviation. You know, it'd be uh, the, the working parent gets every other weekend. The other person has all the, has majority of the time. Doesn't ha- it doesn't generally go that way anymore. I mean, so you have to, and the reason this is important is because if you, if you don't have realis- realistic expectations of what's feasible and what you can actually accomplish, then going into the next part and with negotiation and, and, you know, potential mediation, if you can, some people can do that, uh, or even ultimately going to court. I mean, if you don't have a winning hand, you need to understand that. That's why when I, when I was going forward, I knew that asking for full custody was absolutely unrealistic. You know, stay-at-home mom, I'm the working person, uh, you know, primary caregiver was her. I mean, it was unrealistic. Now, would I, have liked to do, would I have liked to have been able to accomplish that just to take my bony little finger and cram it in her eye? Yeah, Absolutely. Which then rolls into the final thing that I really want to discuss about this is losing yourself in the midst of all this. You have to be really careful that you don't basically dip your toe in the bog of eternal stench, if you guys get the reference on on that, and corrupt yourself with this. Now, this is a tough one because if you're dealing with somebody who is really nasty and vindictive, it's it's easy to start getting irritated and wanting to fight, you know, fight fire with fire, so to speak. Now, we all need to be prepared to defend ourselves and, you know, do the best we can. Sometimes that means pulling out some extra stops, but but you don't want to lose yourself in the midst of this. You don't want to come out of the other side of this feeling, you know, disgusted with yourself on the person that you've become going through this. I personally really, really struggled with this because I have a very, um, you know, specific code of ethics that I kind of deal with. And this was a very trying, trying time. You want to make sure that at the end of the day, 
that you can live with the decisions that you make. And it goes both ways. I mean, sometimes you may have to push it and you may have to do some things, but you know, you escalate to that point, right? I mean, you don't, I'm trying to think of, you know, I mean, you don't drop a nuke on somebody immediately. That's not the first thing you go to, you know, there's diplomacy, there's negotiation, you know, maybe there's some using military terms, you know, maybe there's some retaliate retaliation, uh, you know, drop, drop a couple of tactical little bombs here and there, not tactical nukes, but you know, things and you escalate, you escalate it when you need to. And you make decisions that ultimately, you know, are better help for you. And again, by making this list, by, by understanding what you, and remembering what you're going for, it can keep you on target with your objectives, your, your, you know, mission objectives for lack of a better word. And I think that's really important because it can, it can also help keep you grounded and help you maintain your own sanity when you're going through this so that you don't just get enveloped by all the chaos and the drama that's happening with this and all the anger and hurt that you're more than likely going to feel and stay focused on, on what you're going for. Hopefully, that also means that when you, let's say you do get everything that's on your list or everything that was really important, that you can actually feel good about that victory, that you can feel good that you accomplished what you were trying to do, that the fear and, and the, you know, the, the, the scenario that your ex is, was trying to play out or tell you was going to happen, didn't happen. And you can feel good about what happened. And you, then you can feel good about yourself too. Um, and this can also say, um, save off. I don't know if that's the right word, but fend off, uh, you basically going down the pit of hell and uh, basically keep you on track to where whenever you get to that point, you're farther along than I was. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, after my divorce was final, as I've talked about in the past, it's, it took me years to get to the point where I could let some of that stuff go and actually start to feel like, hey, you know what? I actually did okay. So I'm curious what you think about this. Um, I... I always, it's always nice, I guess, to chat with somebody or talk or coach somebody who's in the beginning parts of this and and help them get a foundation of what they're doing or, you know, going forward, because I think that's so critical. If you can get a handle on on a lot of this at the beginning parts of this, it it can really help you mitigate a lot of what the, uh, what a toxic ex will do, so... On that, uh, if you like this channel, please subscribe. Uh, ring the bell notification so YouTube tells you what's going on. If you haven't, if, uh, you know, share this channel or share this video. If somebody could, uh, somebody could benefit from it. And I will chat with you in the next video. Take care.